Welcome to the Sunday morning worship service of the Champaign Church of Christ. It's so good to be here. And I, I got to say, I was so glad Jim Lieveno, he's a paramedic, was in, in the row over there just seeing Zach Coffin do uh, Father Abraham. I was, glad, uh, I was glad we had a paramedic behind him. Man, you're good. You're very coordinated. Yeah, very good. You know, so, it, so it's good to, good to have you here. Um, Tracy and Phyllis are uh, out of town on a very much needed uh, vacation. We're yeah. very happy of that. Had no idea that Josh and Michelle were going to be here today, but it's good right. to see them. Late breaking news. Yeah. So the elders are going to actually do the speaking today. We're going to have communion after the, the message. Uh, Kevin is working, so it'll be Dave and I today. Dave will be playing the role of Tracy Lahr, and I'll be playing the role of Phyllis today. So... <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. So the topic that we chose for today, the title, is Emerging from the Pandemic to a Greater Glory. And I think that, that word emerging is very key because we're not all the way through it, obviously, but we are at such a much better place now than we were. And, and obviously there are other countries like India that it's still raging there and they're still dealing with it. Uh, Patty read an article to me from the, uh, the mainline churches of Christ that they had had uh, a few hundred of their uh, preachers die there in India due to COVID. So a lot still going on, but it's getting much better here. And as many of you are aware, this uh, week, uh, Illinois goes to phase five. So in lieu of that, the elders have uh, put together a, a letter to address the survey that we took a few weeks ago having to do with masks, non-masks, et cetera. So, um, dear brothers and sisters, we're excited to welcome more and more of our members and guests to our worship services. Following recent guidelines issued by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, and the state of Illinois, we've updated our mask follow, uh, policies as follows. So, um, starting next Sunday, for adults, uh, face coverings are no longer required for those who are fully vaccinated. Um, on the honor system, and you know we have no way of patrolling that, so it's honor, honor system, we expect those not fully vaccinated to wear masks. We require all Kingdom's kids teachers to uh, wear masks while in contact with children and that we're gonna continue with all children that are two years and older to uh, wear masks as well. And of course, regardless of vaccination uh, status, if you are an individual that's at risk for severe COVID infection, uh, if you uh, are immunocompromised, uh, you should definitely, I mean, continue to wear a face covering. And we just wanted to say also with that, please be very sensitive and respectful to each other's views. You know, there are some people in this audience that are probably like, well, it's about time, you know, we should have done that. You know, and there are others that are like, I don't know how I feel about that. So we want to be very respectful, and especially when it comes to, you know, contact, touching. You know, we've mentioned this before, but please don't hug people unless you've got permission from them, okay? And otherwise, I could tell you that'll make an awkward moment, you know? <laughs> it really can. So respect other people. Be sensitive. So today we're going to talk about emerging from the pandemic to a greater glory. And the text that, uh, that actually Dave chose for us, and I think it's very appropriate, is Psalm 66. So if you'd like to turn there, that would be great to do. 
And I'm going to begin by reading verses 1 through 7 of Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. And of course, here we have a a, a psalm of, of praise, of adoration to God for what God did for the Israelites, those who had been in slavery for centuries, and then God uh, helped them to escape that, that, slave, that slavery from Egypt, and then they get to uh, the river, and there's all kinds of, of troops that are on the way to be able to either kill or recapture them. And people are complaining, and they're thinking, why did you allow us, why did you free us only to bring us to this moment? But we see here in verse Six, that God turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. There are so many events in our individual lives that were were traumatic, that were very difficult, that we could as individuals go back and point to, I'm sure, and say, you know what? God took me through that on dry land. Uh, Many of us have dealt with those types of things. And one of those things that is obviously this almost last year and a half of a pandemic, something we would have never, ever even considered, and now we're kind of used to it in some ways, but would never have considered it in years past. And God has done an incredible job at seeing us emerging from this pandemic. He's definitely been with us. He's blessed us. He's kept families safe. I mean, we've had a pretty low rate of those that got COVID in the church. He's kept people's jobs. Some people have flourished, even with their careers, during this time period. Uh, We've we've still had graduations. It was so cool that we got to celebrate those, both um, the high school and, and college graduations a few weeks ago. We still had those. We've still had people getting engaged. We've still had births. We've still had people getting baptized. And during the, the pandemic, children who were not meeting at school every day because they were meeting virtually still were able to get meals because of the feed, Feeding Our Kids program and the efforts of the, of the church. Uh, you know, contribution, we've said that over and over and over about how God has saw, saw us through that and the hearts of the people and we've been able to be uh, pretty consistent in our, in our contributions over this last uh, year and a half. And we had a record-breaking missions contribution that um, I'm sure is already helping people in other places. I think that, you know, and I didn't know the, the Lutzes were going to be here today, but I, I think it's very important to recognize what an incredible thing it is to send the Lutzes to Springfield. 
this congregation started that. I mean, it was a group that came from here back in, in 19, I believe, 95 to, um, to start the church there. And, and now for Josh and Michelle to be able to go there and take their hearts, their creativity, their experience, and be able to be a blessing to the brothers and sisters there, I think is phenomenal. And it shows really what God has done even over this last year and a half. And, you know, I hear over and over um, from different members of the church how, how great the Lutzes are and how much they're appreciated for all they've done here. So what a victory. What a victory that we were able to hire the Kinsers to come in. I mean, we were so excited. Uh, I know the elders and, and staff, when we were able to hire them to come in and follow up on the, the work that the Lutzes have done. So God has done awesome deeds, even helping us through emerge from this pandemic. So Dave's going to go ahead and speak. Fourth and fifth string this morning, uh, but it's great to be here with everybody. And in verse, in Psalm 66, in verse 8, the Bible says, Praise our God, O peoples. Let the sound of His praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. And that is amazing that that has happened for us in the last year in so, so, so many ways. But then, in verse 10, it says, For you, O God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison. You laid burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. You know, that it's been great in so many ways, but it has not been great in so many ways in the last 15 months. And actually up through January, we were beginning to hear about it in January of 2020. There has been an immense isolation for people. I've said to many of the people that I work with, this theory is totally a wild guess, but I firmly believe that everyone in the world emotionally is 20% less than what they were pre-COVID. I don't mean negatively less, I mean just more stress. And our new baseline is 20% less. And so we have to deal with so much more stress. Uh, that we never had to deal with before. You know, I never had to deal with watching church on TV every week. Never done that in my entire life. And never had to deal with not being able to hug. If you know my wife, the whole hugging thing is killing her to not be able to hug. Okay? So once she gets up and stands up, watch out, people. All right? I'm just saying. Um... She's got a sense of going to ask for us. I heard that. You know, though our immediate church family has not had anyone die from COVID, we've had deaths in the family. And one of the most heartbreaking things about this year of isolation has been families at funerals and the very limited families at funerals. For those of you who are first responders and teachers, and other frontline workers, you've had an amazingly difficult 
I know nurses who have helped with video so their families can see each other. And that's, that's a difficult at best thing. We've had race issues, probably like, I was going to say not any more like in my time, but I'm pretty old, so in the 60s, you know, there were some very serious race issues, but we've had race issues nationally that have been very difficult. Locally, there's been a shooting almost every 30 hours in Champaign-Urbana this year. Our community was rocked a week ago, or two weeks ago now, when Chris Oberheim was killed in the line of duty. He was the first officer killed in the line of duty in 63 years in Champaign. And Jeff Creel, who's recovering from his injuries. And all the death that's happened with COVID. Six, we just went over 600,000 people die in the last year of COVID. That, that to me feels like being tested. It feels like being brought into a prison of sorts. It feels like a burden has been on our back. And we can ask God, and many of us have. I talked to a friend in India the other day, and he was literally talking about why. And this is not a guy who asked why. He was probably, actually, he was the first person baptized in the church in India when the churches of Christ were planted there. Okay? And he, he's not a guy who asked why. And his, you know, I've, I've heard the weeds, words weeping and gnashing of teeth are happening in India, in Nepal, in Sri Lanka, and now Haiti, and many other places. We can ask God, we say, why, God, have you forgotten us? He hasn't forgotten us. The world has forgotten him. God doesn't forget. And you know, we, we may be physically and emotionally and mentally drained from the last 18 months, but we, and we don't understand the whys, and we probably never will understand the whys. I th- if you're like, anything like me, you have a list of God questions in the back of your head. I'm going to ask that question. I seriously doubt if heaven works that way. Maybe it does. I don't know. Um, but you know what? I, we all have those questions in our hearts and in our minds, don't we? Why? Why did that happen? But we know one thing in verse 12. He did all this, but he brought us to a place of abundance. He did all these amazing things and allowed them to happen this year. And, he, and there were some things that weren't awesome at all that were extraordinarily difficult, perhaps the most difficult thing any of us have ever gone through in our lifetimes, at least certainly from a corporate community idea. But he brought us to a place of abundance. And that's the thing we need to take from. What's that place of abundance? So Ron's going to come up and, and continue on. You know, Dave talked about in getting to this place of abundance, we went through a lot of testing. And I want to say for me, a lot of times the testing for me is not during the difficult times. It's what starts happening when I'm not feeling as much of the difficult times. I remember a few years ago when I was so ill and I did not know, 
you know, what my life was going to look like or the future was going to look like. And I was so close to God during that time and, and just so at peace with him. But after things started to get better and not as much of an urgent emergency, over time, easy for me to, to slip. And so I want to look at, uh, continuing in verse 13 through 20, I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. And how often have we done that, right? I will sacrifice fat animals to you in an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. I think I'll just stop there for now. Um, We still have vows to fulfill to God. And so what is it we're going to be like individually and collectively as we're emerging from this pandemic? What is that going to look like for us? What is our devotion to God going to, to look like? Um, I'm 40 uh, or 60, I was going to say 45 years old. <laughs> no comment from you. Um, I'm almost 64 years old, but it was 45 years ago when I started as a, a campus student getting involved in campus ministry. And it was at that time I started to make vows. And, you know, God has brought me through over and over on dry land. And he's brought the church over and over through the years on dry land. But, and he's done it again. But I, I can say for me, I grew weary. It's, it's just... You know, and I don't know if it's because it's been so long of a period of time or if it's age or if it's just life stuff, but I have to fight weariness more than I used to. And moving forward, I think it's important to keep our vows. We fight that weariness. Um, that we still keep our vows to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others as ourselves. And, you know, so much of that involves changing one, changing the world one life at a time. Um, You know, I'm going to read you something real quick before I pass it over to Dave. And please don't misunderstand. I'm not reading this to lift me up. It's it's an example. Um, My my student, my, my mentee, Keon, Um, And he doesn't mind that I read this, but he graduated a few weeks ago. And this is something he wrote to me. He said, six years ago, my mom told me, because he had been one of the students I counseled for two years before that even. And so I talked to his mom, and then he said, six years ago, my mom told me she received a call from you saying how you wanted to be my mentor. One of the greatest things to have ever happened to me. Thank you for being in my life, for supporting me in everything I do always lifting me up, being my role model, being a father I never had, and welcoming me into your home for treating me like I am part of the family. I love you and Patty like parents. I am truly blessed to have you in my life. He says, thank you, Keon. That was very challenging to me because I'm thinking, man, there's so much more I feel like I need to do to really welcome him in the way he's already grateful for. But I wanted to say that you know, emerging from the pandemic and really going with our vows to love God and love others, we got to still remember Jesus' plan 
We're going to change the world one person at a time. Keon graduated from high school. Statistics aren't so good with graduations, and especially in some of his immediate family. He graduated. He's never wavered on the idea that he wants to be an attorney in all the years that I've known him. And he's got a scholarship, going to go to Parkland, plans on transferring. But he's going to change, and I hope you see this, he's going to change family, his family and other people for generations because of what he's going to do with his life. And I know I'm not the only one that mentored. I know Nancy and Arnold Blair, the Lievenos, the Millers, the O'Connors, uh, Carol Wood, others have done that. But one of the best things we could do is spiritually with people, certainly, and also just in the world, change one life at a time. So Dave's going to talk a little further, I think, about that. Amen. That is, that is an awesome story. I, I, I tell you what I just learned, that Ron is not part of the Ugly Crier Club. Because Tracy Kirsch or me or Mike Snyder or Mike Moores would have been balling trying to read that story from Keon. And Ron must not be part of that. But, uh, man, that, that is amazing. In Psalm 16, 66, verse 16, it says, Come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. You know, we have to tell people what God has done. And sometimes we can sit in our home and we can sit by ourselves and we can just sit and think, I don't have to tell anybody, I'm just going to be me. We have a running joke in our family about baptizing penguins on an an island somewhere in the Caribbean, which if you think about that, they probably don't mix, but that's okay, about we'll just go to an island, we'll baptize the animals because we want to be alone. That's not how that works. Um, we have to be able to tell somebody, and is so disappointed right now, uh, the, the best way that we could tell someone about how powerful God is, is probably not to tell them at all, but to show them. St. Francis of Assisi is attributed with this quote, preach the gospel, and if you need to, use words. We need to show people our changed lives. Ron showed Keon his changed life, and Keon is going to show his changed life as well. We have to show them our changed characters, what we were before and what we are now and where God is leading us to. We have to let our actions speak and follow that with words. He saved me from a life. You know, in my own life, God saved me from a life that was all about one thing. Me. My entire life, growing up, until I was a young adult, was about me. It was about make, doing things that made me feel better. Whether it was drugs or alcohol or, or women or whatever, that's what I did. It was about what got me ahead. It was about those things. But I need to tell people, no, that's not me anymore. Look what God has done now. And show people that. And show people in my life. So, this, making this personal in Psalm 66, we need to first off, tell what He has done for us. 
Okay, so um, verse 16, come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. And then verse 17, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love for me. You know, verse 17, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. You know, do we have much more praising God for what he's done than we do crying out to him to help us and be with us? I thought of this, and this is a bad example for my life, but I, I thought of this that every single um, marriage counseling session I do for my practice, I always pray for the couple before the session, and I pray for wisdom for me, etc. But then I started thinking, well, how often when the session, as soon as it's over, that I thank God for how, you know, how the session went, something good from the session, something that they learned. And I thought, no, I don't, I don't do well with that. And that was challenging to me. God has brought me through so many things in my life and emerging here, moving forward. I want to be a whole lot more uh, thankful and praising him for what he's done for me. I, I get so much joy out of my family, um, even you know, those that pick on me a lot. Uh, but I get so much joy out of them. This week, I've been able to hold this, this little baby uh, that was named after my grandmother. And that's been so cool. And, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of joy to be with family. I, I, I love them all. And I get, I get so much joy out of my coworkers that I used to work with when I was at Jefferson and before that Franklin and Unity. I, I, I have so many memories, so much joy when I think about them. And, you know, I'm challenged that I need to think more joyfully about my church family. And I think that it's so easy when we're growing weary, so easy to take each other for granted, so easy to just expect things and then, you know, not be like, wow, that really happened to me. I had a brother just before church that, you know, said how much he wished that a family member had, had been able to come to the church and be taken care of and given to but because this family member doesn't have that where she was. And, and, you know, we take things like that for granted. So I want to take more joy in you and praise God more for you. you know, of all the passages in the Bible, the Psalm, literally this is one of my favorite entire passages in the Scriptures, Psalm 66. Um, verse 18, though, there's a little fly in the ointment sometimes when we're looking, we're praising God, we're praising God, it's all God, it's all God, we're praising God. Wait a minute, there's a responsibility that we have to do something. And there's a ca little caveat expressed here. If I had cherished sin, not if I had sinned, not if I was perfect, but if I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, 33 years ago, I got baptized in July. Um, a few years later, I was diving into some deep, deep sin. I'm personally not a big fan of the concept of falling into sin because 
frankly, I don't ever fall into sin. I dive headfirst into it. And, you know, that, I, I know we say falling in a lot, but I chose to dive headfirst. I had hidden sin. I had a very unresolved past. Even after I got baptized, I had things in my past as far as relationships, as far as treatment, as far as abuse, and those kind of things that were totally unresolved. And I had to deal with those things. After one of my worst fights with my wife in 1991, uh, we went to a conference in Chicago. Like We had this horrible fight. We got in the... I, think we, I don't even think we even rode together. We went separate cars, separate people, to Chicago. We stayed in separate rooms. That's how bad that fight was, the conference. And I remember very clearly this scripture being preached. Dave Eastman was preaching a message on Psalm 66, and it shook me to my core because I was cherishing sin in my heart. I wasn't repenting of it. I was looking at it. I was letting it fester. I was loving the sin in my heart. You know, the, the Hebrew word is ra'ah, and it means to look and to behold and to that. And it was serious. I was beholding the sin in my heart, and I wasn't getting it out. And right then, that weekend, God shook me to my core, and I became a repenter instead of a cherisher. You know, I fell many times after that. I still fall many times, 30-some years later. But the difference between pre and post is I talk about it. I get help. You know, I... I bleh. It's me. Warts and all. That's it. And I get the help that I need. You know, that, that time started a journey for my mental health past, a, a journey of getting help from counseling for my past. And you know, God listened. Because when it says, when you cherish sin in your heart, he won't listen. But when you don't cherish sin in your heart, he does listen. Amen? Amen. Verse 20, praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. You know, I, on, be honest, when I was growing up, I, I thought, you know, kind of God withheld love from me. But even, even looking back at growing up, I know he didn't. I know that God always poured out his love. He just had a little different plan than I did at times. You know, but God has never withheld his love. And I think of so many things through my adult life where he has blessed me. You know, just think yourself of all the ways God has used other people. I mean, just picture in your mind for a second somebody that, that walked you through a very difficult time in your life. Think of somebody who maybe helped you if you're married with your marriage. Or somebody that, if you have kids, that helped you through your parenting. Or, you know, you had this really, this sin or this spiritual issue and somebody just helped you with that or emotionally. And I think most of us, hopefully all of us, can picture that. So, you know, here is, as Dave's going to be wrapping up here in a moment and then leading us into communion, don't withdraw, we don't want to withhold our love from God because he's always been true to us and he's continued to be true. So I think the big question is, what are we going to do now 
with our vows, with our love for Him and our love for other people. And brothers and sisters, as we emerge from this COVID cocoon, uh, we need to look for what God is doing. We need to look around and say, what is God inviting us into? Instead of, hey God, here I am, I'm inviting you into my life. No, what's God? it's God's plan. What's God inviting you into? Let's close our thoughts with Isaiah 43. In verse 19. In verse 18 it says, Forget the formal thing, former things, do not dwell on the past. But in verse 19 it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, we, we live out in the country. We have quite a bit of a view behind us because it's really, really flat in Illinois. Um, but we can see thunderstorms way, way off. And they start to emerge every once in a while. And they start to come. And they, and they build up. And it's the coolest thing. And that's why my mother-in-law wants to visit, because she likes thunderstorms. But um, what is God inviting you into this morning? You know, throughout our message, the tone, the underpinning, it's been Jesus. Because all the things that God did, how does he preserve our feet from slipping? The ultimate deed was he gave us a son. He gave us the Son on the cross so that we, our feet, would not slip. He gave us the cross so that we could see a new thing. And what is God inviting us into? He's inviting us in to open our eyes to the cross and see the newness the cross can be every day, to see the newness that forgiveness can bring every day. And we're not going to talk about the past, though we're not going to... Forget about the past sometimes because it helps us process. But let's emerge from this and go, you know what? we got great things in store for us. There is amazing things. It's summer. We're outside. Yes. The softball team won a game. It's exciting. It's happening. And by the way, we need more fans to come out to the, the, the team. And Steve Essex is going to do an announcement. You know, after I pray for the, the cup, Deshaun's going to come up and <clears throat> lead us in a song. And the worship team, you guys can come on up uh, while we're praying. And then uh, after the song, the, the communion trays are in the four corners uh, of the building up here in the, in the room. And also, if you don't give online, there is a place to leave your contribution up here as well. So let's close with a prayer, and then Deshaun and the worship team can come on up.